Coming up on the Big Footy Podcast, we talk all about this weekend's AFL Grand Final. We talk about the Brownlow results, we talk about the mark of the year, the goal of the year, latest in trade talk and coaching talk, all that and more, coming right up. Come on Melbourne, sing with me! You know I learned my lessons As the pain made me strong And I know that life's worth living I know what's right, I know what's wrong, bound for glory, sing it Melbourne, bound for glory, a heartfelt victory is a warrior's destiny, bound for glory, you and I, bound for glory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the much-awaited return of the uh, Big Footy podcast. Uh, I am, of course, your host, The Wookiee, with me tonight. Uh, some rarely seen faces on this podcast. Uh, for the first time, I think, this season, ODN joins us. Welcome back, hey. Old Dark Navies. Oh, thanks, Wookiee. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, I've been hanging out in my insular Big Footy Blues podcast, plotting against the main board. And uh, much like Carlton's season, it amounted to nothing. So here I am. <laughs> And joining us for the first time in a while, SM from the Swans board is here. Good evening. Yeah, I don't think I've, I don't think I've been on since the opening rounds of the season, so it's good to be back. Yeah. Joining us uh, once more with a team that, like mine, had absolutely no input into the final season again. Uh, Mike, welcome, uh, welcome back. Thanks, uh, Wookie. Good to be back. And I thought you were going to actually talk to uh, Messenger there and, you know, infer <laughs> something was wrong with Hawthorne. But no, no, good to be back at the business end of the season. And joining us live tonight from the shores of what we assume was sunny Greece, but apparently isn't sunny, uh, Messenger. Good afternoon or good evening, boys. It's, uh, it was sunny yesterday, not so much today. <laughs> Raining. Uh, but happy to be here. All right. So, grand, yeah. grand final week, boys, and uh, Brownlow medal on Monday night. Who saw Matt Prittis winning? Put your hand up. Whoa, 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 yes, whoa, 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 yes, whoa. yes, 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 yes. I saw sorry, Matt Prittis. Sorry, can we Pritis. stop? Sorry, stop, stop. That, sorry I, the line's not very good here. I thought you said Matt Prittis won the Brownlow. He did. <laughs> he did. He did. Don't. <laughs> Matt Prittis. You haven't, no, you haven't seen the results. Is there, is there another Matt Prittis? No. No. I, I thought... <laughs> Look, I thought Justice it... John Middleton won the Brownlow. I'm I'm a bit out of the loop. <laughs> had it not been for him polling votes in the last round, it would have been a Bradbury. Yeah, oh. yeah. That was that was convenient, wasn't it? Very convenient. Who, who would have won it if he had um, if he had not polled votes? Ablett. Oh no. Ablett no. would have won it. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, no, hang on. He would have. He no, was in no, front. He, Nathan Fife was in front. Fife um, was in front. Sorry. The last round Fife to go, and Prittis got yes. two votes they didn't expect him to get to Correct. actually take the take. But because Fife's ineligible, uh, it would have been just another uh, Chris Grant, Chris Grant. That's right. Corey McKernan situation. And he well, get... not really, because let's be honest. Nathan Fife got suspended twice during the season, so it's not like it's not like it was a Chris Grant situation at all. No, he but you can think probably on the second time, five sort of thought that, well, bugger this, I'm, I'm suspended, I've got no chance, so who cares? <laughs> it, it's more, it's more the, though, I mean, it, it's sort of like the little bit of an out here. Mm. 
It was a very... How many votes? Right? I mean, you, you Three, hit it, Matt four? Prittis, one I don't think Jordan Lewis polled a vote. No, I think he polled two or something. Yeah, yeah that'd be about right. Yeah, yeah. Because he's so unsociable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you had money on it, didn't you? Buddy. Buddy polled well. No, no, another no. 20... Got, what? Another 22 votes. Another 20 votes for... place for Sydney. <laughs> yep. the, the leaderboard and, actually uh, ended up. Who was, with, who was with Franklin? Uh, Dangerfield was uh, around that around yeah. that range too. Look, 20, 22 votes. The top 10 votes were yeah. Matt Prudis on 26, Nat Fife, ineligible on 25, uh, Gary Ablett on 22, Lance Franklin on 22, Ablett not polling a vote after round 16, I think. So obviously injured. So uh, Travis Boak and Patrick Dangerfield and Josh Kennedy and Joel Selwood all on 21 votes. Uh, an ineligible Steve Johnson on 19, Trent Cochin on 18, and Dane Beams uh, back there on 16. Dane Beams, of course, asking for a trade to Queensland this week as well. Uh, Ooh. Wants to be with his sick dad, apparently. So uh, has, has Dane, Did Dane Beams do his ACL towards the end of the season or something like that? Was I mentioning that? Clay Beams, I think, you're thinking of. Clay Beams. He, did, he hurt his knee. No, 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 it was the Collingwood one. Oh, yeah, that's knee, that's done. Anyway, ignore me. So, um, so of course, I'm sure I'm sure um, Dane Beams' father will actually make a move to Sydney at some point, and Dane Beams will actually realise he'd be quite happy living in Sydney. It, it it's not too Ooh. far from Brisbane to Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you Ooh. were right, <laughs> You were right, Messenger. Sorry, Beams, uh, and Reed. Collingwood lost Beam and Reed in uh, August. Yeah, I, I'd be yeah. I'm very cautious about making jokes about people who've got very very sick relatives. And I, look, I hope Collingwood do the right thing by him if he really wants to do that. But um, yeah, it's a shocking situation. I, being, actually, they've made it dad, clear they um, want to hang on to him. Mm. No, no, but uh, they Collingwood want to try and work out a way he can be up there. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They don't want to let him go. A little um, bit of an Andrew well, McKay I could, situation. I mean, he's a very but... good player. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, so I can see why Collingwood want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> also, Brownlow Knight, they <laughs> awarded. Similar to, I think. Gunston moved back from Adelaide for his mother, I believe, and, and that was why he ended up at Hawthorne. Mm. That was his girlfriend. Girlfriend, was it? Okay. Yeah, I don't even know if they're t- still together. All right, moving along. Goal of the year went to Matt White from Port Adelaide. Uh, reasonably deserving. I don't think uh, many would dispute it. Surely Any... Nathan Fife should have won it. Although, <laughs> although Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike, I think Mike, uh, Mike uh, might be saying uh, bottom pelly. No, look, I, I think I, the problem I have with goal of the year and mark of the year is their popularity votes. They're not actual votes by experts, or you know, it's up to whoever's got the biggest supporter vote. Based voting on the uh, AFL website, so that, that's my only criticism. Mm. Yeah, well, we should take it back to when uh, uh, play, uh, sorry, ex-players like Darcy were, you know, awarding it to Cracker <laughs> over Walker. Sort of thing. I, I Say that again. A couple of years ago, when sorry, Hey, listen, it's my first time on this year. I've really got to uh, catch up again. No, <laughs> the only, the only one I. Re- the only one I remember was that disgraceful Matthew Lloyd backheel goal. Oh. That was goal of the year oh. once. That, 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 oh, yeah. that, that did me for goal. That did me for goal of the year forever. That was it. So if the, if they were popularity votes, I suspect Port Adelaide voters may have bandwagoned them then. 
Yeah, uh, I tell you what, they've come Chad... a long way since Bay Covers, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> they, had a good year, they had a good year, Port Adelaide. But uh, Chad Wingard took out Mark of the Year as well, and I don't... I mean, it was a good mark. But if you are to judge it on the criteria that, say, uh, certain other people didn't get Mark of the Year on uh, yeah. in the not-too-distant past, then... Um, Sorry, am you... I detecting another Andrew Walker thing here? Uh, yes, yes, you are. Look, Wookie's got a good point that backs up my comments around running on a popularity vote, which I don't think is the right way to do it because, you know, it's just whoever can mash the buttons and get those uh, votes in for their uh, team player is going to obviously win it. Not well, necessarily the person you should, the skill. People you should be The people you should be angry with are the Carlton supporters who can't mash buttons very well. <laughs> What, where's where's all the where's all the, the bloody well, solidarity? I think folks? I think the year Andrew Walker didn't win it and Andrew Cracker did. I don't think it was a popularity vote. I think it was just no, it wasn't. No, it was a panel vote. Luke Luke Darcy was on the panel and he uh, went to great pains to defend the Cracker mark as being a pack mark, which is better than uh, Andrew Walker's soaring above Carl. Um, I, maybe that's why they went to the popularity vote. So thanks for that, Darcy. Someone, yeah, thanks, Darcy. Sorry, someone yeah. has a lot of noise coming through. That'll be the Greek breeze. That'll be the back lava it coming back at us. Is, we is don't have really? a speaker chair, we've just got a nice breeze. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bit more than a Zephyr now. We're, it's moved up the scale. So, hey, I am undercover. Just, just, just back to Matt White again. That was a that was a spectacular running goal, and they're the real crowd lifters. And if they're going to award goals like that, efforts like that, rather than just the quick snap that might be lucky, um, that was that was sheer speed and um, and accuracy at the end of a long run. So you love to see things like that get up. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no problem with the goal of the year award. Just, and I've no problem with the mark of the year award either, for that matter. Just, I'd like some consistency in the judging from year to year. And that's it, really. But uh, Jim Stein's uh, Community Leadership Award went to Bo Waters. Um, I can take it or leave it. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. Mm. I mean, okay. they all do good work. Um, Bo Waters, by all accounts, deserves the award, so good for him. What about Nat Fife? Does he do good work too? Apparently, well, he wasn't. <laughs> Is he ineligible? <laughs> Surprised he wasn't nominated, to be honest. Yes. I'm surprised the Australian of the Year didn't get the award, hey? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, there's, oh, well. <coughs> there's always That's a Norm Smith coming up. Hey, no, it was a, it was a legitimate Ouch. question, legitimate <laughs> or legitimate comment. Yeah. All right. So normally at the start of the podcast, and I may have neglected this, we do a what caught your eye thing. Um, so what did catch your eye on the weekend uh, in the preliminary finals, guys? Uh, I'll start with Mike. Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, Messenger, you're going to hate me, but I think what caught my eye was a timekeeper. If he had have been asleep for a few more minutes, I think <laughs> Port, if they had have timed their run, they would have they would run over Hawthorne had that game gone an extra few minutes. Hawthorne were very tired, very tired, mate. You oh, guys are the lucky. Question, the question with that, with, um, oh, who was it? It was, um, Monfries and, was it Hale? Or who was it who dived on the ball right at the end there? From Hawthorne? In the last few seconds of the Luke game? Luke Hodge. Oh, Jonas or I can't remember who it was now, but I, it was, I think it was highlighted on the couch. And it was questioned why that wasn't paid as, um, diving on the ball. So, yeah. whether oh, it's yeah, the timekeepers or whether it's the ump. I mean, 
Oh, the, Haw- the Hawthorne player in their own defensive 50, that, that ball came out. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, oh, it, was, yeah. it was right on the 50 yard. But we know the umpires know. in the finals games, especially that late in the game, they're told to put their whistles away unless it's something blatant and obvious. Oh, they, but... they paid it against Port about a minute earlier, but... Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with that because just before he dived on the ball, Luke Hodge was held back from, yeah. uh, from collecting that ball. So I, I think yeah. that's all swings and roundabouts. Yeah. And yeah, look, my recollection of it as well is that there was a free not paid in the Hawthorne forward uh, forward fifty anyway. So look, and anyway, as yeah, I said, well, you know the result yeah. was a result. Oh, yeah, I think Hawthorne were lucky that they that uh, they didn't have a few more minutes to go. Otherwise, it could have been a very very different outcome. It could have been a Swans Port so, Grand Final. So in other words, if the rules of the game were different and the game was longer, we would have lost. <laughs> no, nothing to do with the rules of the game. All I'm saying is that you guys were very tight at that stage and Port left it a bit too late, but they were starting to come back really hard and fast. Well, so Port to you guys' credit? Been, well, we, we, the last four prelims we've been in, I think we've the result has been uh, a goal or less in all of them mm. In, mm. That, in that four. So... Uh, it's 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 fairly uh, fairly stock standard for Hawthorne uh, Hawthorne prelim finals, but I, I look I honestly haven't watched it, so um, I, I don't have anything to say about it. Well, I watched I watched it for the first time today, and I expected to see a lot of free kicks to Hawthorne that weren't there, or a lot of missed call, uh, missed calls against Port, and I didn't see them. So I think a lot of people were on the Port bandwagon, and probably a little bit exuberant after the game about the about corruption and umpiring and stuff like that, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, there was nothing corrupt about the game. I think the umpiring standard of the game was actually fairly consistent. There was nothing wrong with it. All I'm just saying is that Hawthorne in the game looked pretty tired. And and you'll be very happy to know, uh, Messenger, that uh, Lukey Hodge was uh, was the game saver for that one in the dying dying moments. Mm. So smothered a kick into the forward line and that's basically well, that, what won the game. That, that's it. That's the other interesting moment is whether that port player goes back on the mark and even just takes five seconds to, to back over the mark where he can get a kick away without pressure. Um, might give them a much better option of getting it inside 50, but rushed his kick, meant that they were going to get... I mean, he was surrounded by players. I don't know why he didn't think he was going to get smothered or tackled or anything like that. Uh, look, so um, much pressure on them, you know. Yeah. They've got a they, they did that a couple of times in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, they, yeah. they must. It's like they thought there was only ten seconds left. The whole last two minutes. Mm. Yeah. And it's then called, another, it's had a just to, yeah. Then then they tried and switched in the defence when there's about ten seconds left. And uh, yeah, oh, they stuffed up a few places. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good quarter of footy to watch. I'll say that. Yeah, oh, it was. All right, SM. What caught your eye on the weekend? Huh? Oh. Hard to go past Buddy Franklin. I mean, he's looking in pretty good form at the right right end of the year. Um, it was a pretty impressive performance all round from the from the Swans, to be honest. And I'm not going to go into too much if we're going to chat about it later. But we are. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to go past looking looking at the Swans um, as the side that caught my eye. I mean, Hawthorne. We're saying Hawthorne looking pretty tired. Maybe looking pretty tired late on in the game against Port. Make it interesting. But um, yeah, probably Buddy's my my highlight of the weekend. And ODN, what caught your eye on the weekend? Oh, I don't know if it was so much the weekend. I mean, aside from, um, you know, those last few minutes, uh, Hawthorne and Port, there wasn't really much in preliminary final weekend for me. Um, probably probably my highlight of the final series was the um, the Fremantle versus Port game. I haven't seen a game where it's just as soon as a team got behind, the other one would come back and there was just surging both ends and that was probably the, the game of the final series for me. Yeah. 
Um, Messenger, Box Hill went down yeah, on the weekend in yeah. the NFL. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what really annoyed me was the bloody security system at Luton Airport the other day. <laughs> Shocking! They actually did a a full body screen on a three year old, and we nearly missed a damn flight. So, British customs get stuffed. That's all right. But I know, I know, I know, uh, Messenger, you you really wanted to talk about uh, Footscray's magnificent win in its first year back in the VFL over the Vauxhall Hawks. Yeah, it seemed like I, I I've read a bit about it. It sounded like a bit of a uh, a bit of a cluster, you know what, from our end. Um, we were a bit short, and then we we wrapped Cyril up in cotton wool right at the end there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah. basically denied ourselves any any opportunity to get people off the bench. I mean, well done to Footscray. I think it's a, a great story that the club they've brought the name back, and and which is I love that they brought the name back, and and they've had immediate success and. That's obviously a, a good group of kids there that are either on the list or, or in the system um, at the Bulldogs. So congratulations. I think we've been uh, really well celebrated over at uh, Whit Noble. Mike, am, am I right uh, in but that's um, the first flag of any senior reserves kind since 54? No, 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 no. We won the reserves flag in 98 um, against Essendon. Oh. It was the last. It was the last, um, the last reserves grand final before yeah. they got rid of it. Twenty-eight thousand um, people at Eddie had for the final. If you're wondering, one of the larger attendances of recent times, and hundred and ninety-eight thousand people watched it on TV in Melbourne. Wow, that's which such is, a huge uh, for a vehicle. Pretty damn um, good, actually. I've look, I've full credit to um, to show on makers too for his consistency. Not only does he stick it up in the <laughs> AFL, he also does it in the VFL. <laughs> He got hey, he got towed by Jones and Redpath. I I must admit I've been I've always been a bit of a Sean Makers defender, but I leading into the finals I was quite horrified at how badly he declined. He's he looks to me like he's too heavy and they've really tried to bulk him up to play key defence and I just don't think after since the um the ACL he can carry the weight. I think they need to um, strip him back down, but the, there seems to be a, a bit of chitter chatter that he might be um, on his way out the door um, at the end of the season. So uh, they might be looking to move him along for a, a draft pick or something. I don't know whether they'll get any takers, but it, it, oh, it's a shame. Carl probably he's... will. They can trade him for Bootsma. <laughs> well, he's probably better than Matthew Watson. So, <laughs> so uh, in that respect. But yeah, look, it, it, it is a shame about Ryan Showmakers because. I think there is actually a, a, a decent league footballer in there somewhere. Mm. All right, I before can't did he play in the two thousand? Did he play in last year's grand final? In the thirteen grand final? Yeah. No, he had the, no. He was he had the ACL. <sighs> okay. Oh, right. So he, he played in the twenty twelve grand final. So he's at least played the grand final, but yep. there's no no flags. Didn't right. play in the VFL either. Yeah. All right. Before we get on to the grand final, uh, just some. Uh, very quick update for those of you following the Asada situation. Uh, Messenger, I know you'll be on top of all this, but uh, Justice Middleton yes. delivering what I think is the smackdown of all smackdowns on the Essendon uh, and Herd camps on their uh, court case, emphatically denying pretty much every application they made. And, and making it hard for uh, for any other justice, appeal justice to uh, to... He, go against what he, he said. He really left no room to manoeuvre for anybody, although uh, lawyers have apparently told the Essendon Football Club that they have a very strong chance of appeal, so... 
Yeah, well, they've got they've got you know private schools and helicopters to pay for, and <laughs> so you know, good on them. So at the end of this, some lawyer's daughter is getting a pony. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently that's, it's that's, a... that's lawyers are getting paid. That's it. I mean, I, I guess the only thing for me, and look, I've read it, and and I, I won't pretend I've read the ruling at all, but but essentially. Is there, there seems to me from the Essendon supporters to be a, a feeling that now they should say, you know what, now we just need to answer these shows cause notices, you know, stake our claim and say this is what happened and, and prove that we haven't done anything wrong in that respect. And, and whether that's a flyer or not, I don't know. But um, it, it seems now that they, they, they there's an argument they're throwing good money after bad. Well, yeah. well, I think this, uh, there was also a report um, I read, and someone else can confirm if you know, that um, they're mounting a big challenge within the club internally at some of the more prominent ticket holders to overthrow the current uh, administration. Yeah, whether that gets off the... I don't know, Essendon people are very stubborn about this in particular. Um, there, there, there is a current of, look, we've tried, we tried it in court, we lost, it's time to now take the... But guys like uh, guys who are very bullish about the Essendon position on the forums, Lance Uppercut in particular, um, he came out and was like, "Look, okay, we lost, we were wrong. Let's go to let's get this off to the ADRVP and and sort it out." But yeah. um, other people, there's still a hell of a lot of people, especially on the Essendon board, if you go to their threads, that are still very much no, we, we we're staying the course, and. Uh, we didn't do anything wrong. We should never admit to doing anything wrong and proceeding on that uh, very interesting course. But that's 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 working on the premise that they did nothing wrong and, and there seems to be a substantial body of circumstantial evidence to the contrary. Indeed. Yes. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens if um, if Paddy Ryder doesn't get his, uh, his ticket out. Um, you know... Whether he goes for that whole sort of uh, breach of contract sort of line that they were talking about or not. Um, so, if Essendon are prepared to take unders for uh, Ryder to go elsewhere, then you know, that might be, I don't know, potentially buying silence. Well, well, this, of, is, this, of... is, this is the thing that it really depends on. Is Paddy Ryder willing to give up a year of his career and sit out? Because that's how long it could take to sort of breach a contract issue out. Because Essendon can say, listen, we're not, we're not trading you. You've got a contract. We expect you at pre-season. And if he really feels that way about it, he will say, you know what? I'm not coming. I'm done with the Essendon Football Club. If you don't trade me, you won't have me. So this is, this is your choice. And we will go down the breach of contract. But if he's not willing to give up that year of football, I, I, and I don't think he would give up that year of football, then it's, it's really going to come down to just being a straight trade with... <coughs> Brisbane or Port Adelaide or whoever it is that, or Sydney or whoever's going to get hold of him mm. it'll be interesting to see if any other players take the same option but as yet no one else Essendon has because Essendon will die in a ditch for this won't they yeah. Essendon won't they're not going to fold on this they can't so they it's, can't. Like, it's a matter of what Ryder's willing to do yeah it's a, it's a house of, it's a house of cards and, and, and they've got to hold it all together they've got to hold firm at every turn so but it's just interesting to see which clubs are prepared to take the risk on players that may potentially be uh rubbed out down the track it depends um, on who it is i mean uh, jake carlisle i hear i understand mike that he might be going to the bulldogs oh look i don't know i haven't heard anything in there but i was going to say with the whole asada um 
sanctions on the players who, I mean, there's two, there's two schools of thought here. I think there is an offer on the table for any player that wants to take it and accept a ban. Um, and it, what, I've, what I've heard in the media and reports is that if they do accept that, um, it will actually be time served over the pre-season um, and into some of the next year's season. So it wouldn't be a full year rub out if they take that option. Um, but the problem with Essendon is that if, uh, and it can be any of the players, it can be any of the current players, so it could be someone like Cramery um, who might be under a start of investigation, take that option and say, okay, fine, I'm going to sit out a couple of months, uh, which won't look good mm. in Essendon. So. so so does that mean that I'll later attend the Christmas sausage, sausage sizzle or what's... <laughs> it depends when they take the deal. I mean, exactly. It, it does depend on when they a, take the deal. Asada are, are apparently saying that they won't accept a penalty that doesn't include games, like a, actual season matches. So, like Cronulla uh, had like, got four, three or four games at the end of their season. They all took that. Yeah. So yeah. that was actual game time. Yeah. So you've got to. They're going to have to serve some matches off. Now. Whether um, whether they have to do the whole preseason off as well, whether they have to do their own personal training in the preseason. I mean, I, you, you're talking about joining a, a club for training and everything four or five weeks into the season, having missed all the preseason training. You're effectively going to start your preseason five weeks into the season. The oh, big... look! I think if, if they, they there would be a contingency plan where they'll already have fitness plans worked out and. Exactly. They can they can do the fit. it's it's a matter they can turn up fit. It's a question of whether they'll it's then incorporating any changes in game plan. If they, there's no if reason they have, these guys can't turn up to training fit on their own. If they lose twenty players at the start of the season for four weeks and end up playing the VFL side, uh, that's not gonna that's that's not gonna be good for the rest of the season either. No. Do you reckon the AFL would be sneaky and chuck in the, you know, early fixes against the Hawthorne, the Sydney, Port Adelaide, that sort of thing, so that their games they would have perhaps lost anyway? Well, Anzac, yeah. Anzac Day falls in like round three or four. But yeah. we've always played Essendon fairly early in the season. Well, we certainly played them in round two. There's no reason that that, that wouldn't happen. They'll, they'll get a, a tough fixture that they they you know would bound to lose anyway. Um, I don't see it as an insurmountable problem for them if they miss players for four weeks. I think if it's ten weeks, that's that should kiss your season goodbye. But but if those guys don't play or get suspended, then who's coaching that team next year? Because oh. that's the question everybody wants to know. Can is is he that untouchable at Essendon that he can go through all of that? Have all these players rubbed out, and then still be, and they still honour his his two year extension. Well, he'll just take Essendon to court, won't he? It's whether they can even afford for them to pay him out. I mean, the legal bills on this, their annual report last year says that their legal bills, including their fines and everything, they're up to like three, uh, four million, at the end of last year. Now that Ooh. doesn't include all the QCs and crap that uh, they had for this case. I mean, they're, they're looking at. What six million total now? Yeah. So I mean, and and heard personally, I believe is is probably pushing a million. And and the federal court was, and and this was a something else too. The federal court almost never awards costs at that stage, and yet awarded full costs against both Essendon and Heard. So. Mm. 
It's um, yes. it was a very interesting judgment. Well, and this is why I don't understand why Essendon members aren't more angry about their their money, their membership money being spent on this. But we haven't understood why Essendon members aren't more angry all along. Well, like, this is true. This as is true. not like I know I, I, I wish prosecutor was here to ex, uh, explain this to us again, but. Uh, like, Odeon and I said this last year, we, we couldn't understand why they didn't have the same kind of response that, say, Carlton did when we got done for salary cap cheating. I mean, we, we got rid of the board, we, we took the guy's name off the grandstand. I mean, the guy's not allowed at Princess Park until, like, two years yeah. ago. It, it's okay to have the presumption of innocence, um, and that, that, that's well and good, and, you know, they have, they still, you know, they're avoiding having that uh, that day in court to be able to show whether they're guilty or innocent but by now they've all been tarnished so much um, that it's going to stick and you, you kind of got to say look guilty or innocent guys you're going to have to walk away for the good of the club so and that that's that's the bottom line and you know I mean, there are some there are some uh, not all Essendon supporters are like that some want both to go mm. uh, both Thompson and Hurd so that's, uh, what, yeah uh, ODM what do you make of the work cover investigation stuff I I think it's a uh, it's a PR exercise. Um, work work safe will be looking to uh, you get a public complaint. You've got to be seen to be doing the right thing. I don't think it's anything they want to touch. Apparently, they've um, had three complaints. Sorry, the the age was saying that they had three complaints lodged. Three. Well, that's it. But the complaints can come from anywhere. It can be come mm. from three Essendon supporters. You know, it's um, you know, it can come from Essendon. It can come from lawyers. It can come from anywhere. You're obligated to actually follow them. So, so any complaint you get, you're obligated to actually take it seriously and and look into the matter. Um, there's no, there's no injury, uh, even at Essendon. So, let alone from all the other clubs that have had complaints against them. Um, there, there's no diagnosed illness or injury. Uh, within Essendon, and they've fixed their problems. All the other clubs have tightened, tightened their ships up as well. There's nothing... To, work Work cover would be wanting to go in there and find out that they had all the control mechanisms in place to prevent any sort of reoccurrence or anything like that uh, grazing its head again. Once they find that, they're not going to go back and say, okay, what was, so we can prosecute you on that. Because they're, they're looking at preventing it from happening again unless they've got an injury or an illness and they're going to prosecute based on what happened. And that, that could take years to come out. Yeah. You know, so, so, so it's just like... It's just through, like ha- Sorry? Sorry. So so for the claim to go ahead, there actually has to be proof of harm. No, not necessarily. No, you can't. There, no. there, is, there is such a thing as risk-based prosecution. So Correct. you can okay. prosecute you based on risk. Like you go on a construction site and you somebody, see somebody standing up on a roof with no fall protection, you can pro- even though he didn't fall, you can prosecute based on that. Okay. But right. that's, a, that, that's, that's a really readily identifiable hazard. When you're, ta- when you're talking um, drugs and people keep saying, oh, they're not fit for human consumption, they're not necessarily poison. They just haven't been approved. You know, it's not like they're, they're, they're it's not like they're swallowing Drano in their in their in, in these in capsules or having that injected into their veins. Most of the safety data sheets for these substances that Essendon allegedly took would actually say uh, classified as non-hazardous according to a, you know, a relevant world or Australian standard. And you know, well, I remember I don't looking at that. Pharmaceuticals Sorry? and pharmaceuticals that haven't been approved don't have MSDSs. Like they have a. They have a, 
the description is different, but but because yeah. there's but those those documents aren't produced until they've actually been approved for human use, and that's the point. Yeah, like is you actually yeah. Well, I mean, know... there are there was one available for um, AOD 9604, for example, or 9604. Yeah, because it's used um, in um, in other countries. Other products, yeah. 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 So, I mean, just if it is used or is approved somewhere in the world, there'll probably be one available. And, you know, it's, it's. I mean, you would think some therapeutic goods association, um, you'd think they would be the ones that have got the legislation to deal with that whole taking of prohibited or non-approved substances more than what work cover have. They're going to be looking at their general obligation clauses as far as providing a safe work environment and generally that's something that's that's an improvement notice that's just that's, that's not a court case unless no the weight of public expectation forces them into a situation where they feel like they have to make a show of it so well i think you if you if you if the time frame that you're describing is accurate then the most of the guys that this that occurred that it occurred to won't even be employees of the company by the end of that time frame so no. I mean, already we're already talking about a lot of those guys that were off the list already for, in, in 2014. So, yep. but if yep. you're talking about say 2016, 17, 18, then many of those guys will have either been delisted, retired, or, or playing somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the issue is you've got to look back at, for example, look at James Hardy and the, and the exposure to asbestos and how look at how long it took for that to come out. So this is the sort of thing that that WorkSafe is going to be faced with dealing at or could be at some point in time. Not to say it's going to happen. Yeah, like they're thinking in, that as well. But the trigger, but the trigger for James Hardy was people actually demonstrating an illness. Yeah, but exactly. that took years to come out. That was the thing. That's it right. That's, that's away. right. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Exactly. Right now, if you're exposed to asbestos in a workplace, you're um, and you have all the tests, you have all the lung tests, and go and see your GP and whatnot, and go and see your lung specialist, and they don't find anything at that time, you just you just go and put your name down on on a register. So that uh, if you do have problems down the track, there's a record there, and then you have then you can track it back. But yeah, um, I'll, I'd imagine it'd be a similar situation. Anyway, I mean, I was just using that as an example to highlight the dilemma that you know WorkSafe has has got to contend that okay, well, there might be any nothing might have happened now, but they could have a potential situation down the track where there's later ramifications with players of illnesses because of these substances being mixed and taken that they don't know. So they're they're playing safe, you know. Um, they've got to do what they've got to do, uh, which is the welfare of all employees in an organisation and make sure there's no risk to employees' um, safety and well-being. One thing's for sure, there's still a long way to go. Um, just the other big news of the week, Brenton Sanderson uh, becomes the only coach fired so far this year. Yeah. Uh, by the players, apparently. So close to a perfect year. First the players did it, then they didn't do it, and then apparently they did it. Yeah, so. I, this is tail wagging dog episode 455. It's They just get involved in this crap and... And I'll tell you what, whoever they get in, the players have got no excuse next year. No well, excuse. Who are they, they going to get in, though? John Walsfold said no, categorically said no. He won't be coaching for 12 months. Footy Classified said last night that they reckon Brett Ratton's a shot after the grand final. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is there? Well, well Darren um, Jarman seemed to think it was... we. Michael Boss. Uh, episode two of the Alistair Clarkson's leaving after the grand final. <laughs> and that's been apparently been Scotch. That's true. I love that one. I suppose there is Voss, but I think Voss said no as well. No. It'll be a uh, an assistant coach from somewhere. It'll have to yeah. be, because there's no real yeah. experienced ones out there. I think there was... 
Rodney Eade wants to do it. There were some strong rumours that actually Stuart Jew might do it. Yeah, that's right. Well, is it, if he, well, Sydney wouldn't let him out of his contract last time to go to Melbourne. Would I, they let him out? But that I think, was because but, he was going to an assistance role, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I, think there's, right. I think there's actually a clause in it that actually lets him break his contract if it's for a senior role. I think the difference with Melbourne was that because it was for a, a senior assistant role, even though it was yeah. basically going to be a guaranteed senior role when Roos left, I think there was a bit of a difference there. Interesting as well yeah. that the Crows appointed a rugby union guy uh, as their CEO. Uh, um, doesn't happen too often. No. Do you know that uh, Eddie Betts, uh, three of his four AFL coaches have been <laughs> sacked by a player revolt, basically? That's <laughs> Eddie's fault. He, 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 might, he might get rats back yet. So <laughs> I hope he wasn't involved the first time round. <laughs> wasn't Dangerfield on the record for saying that uh, the reason he was still at Adelaide was because of Sanderson? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. There was talk of uh, Dangerfield being on the move because of this, but um, then, there's, then there's talk that he's actually one of the ones driving it, so who knows? Uh, Ryan O'Keefe retired. Apparently. I don't think O'Keefe should have done that in the first place. should have done that in the first place, to be honest. <laughs> uh, honestly, Gil- honestly, it came up to me as a bit disrespectful. Sorry, just to, just to say something about that. It came up a bit disrespectful that he didn't want to retire and wanted to kind of shop himself around, but... I think he's made the right decision in the end. I, I think if you're a professional player and you only get a five or six year career on average, I think you're entitled to try and shop yourself around for an extra year, to be honest, if the club's not oh, playing. Oh, but he's played 280 games for the Swans. He's a club legend. I, I think, I don't know. It it's, 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 that's, that's no different to uh, Paul Chapman, though. Yeah, I think if you can get yeah. another year at 250 grand, it's another year or two that you're not having to sell cars in a car yard somewhere. <laughs> Well, yeah, put, put put it this way: do you, Do you think he would get a game somewhere in 2015? Okay, oh, maybe maybe to Melbourne. GWS. Yeah. Yeah, but why, why would GWS put him on? I mean, I think GWS are beyond that stage now. Yeah, I well, think they are too. He would, he, would, he, he would look good on Carlton's injury list and give us uh. another excuse why we didn't do very well. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 say stuff like that. We'd probably do that. That's the problem. <laughs> Uh, Heretia Labumba or whatever his stupid name is now oh, is, uh, is apparently, apparently heading to North Mel. well North Melbourne are chasing after him weren't, uh, weren't Melbourne and uh, after him with a swap for Mitch um, Clark oh I don't know Mitch Clark I hope I just hope that Carlton aren't looking at Mitch Clark Oh, you know they are. But you know, Mitch Clark will end up at Collingwood. It's it's exactly how they have drafted for the last last three years. They took Quentin Lynch for a year, and yes. then he retired. They took Jesse White for a year, and he didn't do a hell of a lot. And I'll take Mitch Clark because they like. And so none of them are Lee Brown. They like has beens forward, has been uh, forwards. So hang on, here's here's the question. Honestly, I'm surprised Jared uh, Wade's not looking uh, at. going to end up? At uh, Carlton, reunited with uh, Mick Malthouse. No. <laughs> no. We don't want no. to go. Yeah, so we, well, I mean, if, if we can, if we can get Stephen Trigg into the club <laughs> against all, I mean, don't anything's get, possible. Let's let, never say never. Don't, don't get me started on Stephen Trigg. Stephen Trigg. <laughs> all right, guys. Grand final is Saturday, uh, and obviously featuring the two best sides from the season and. 
they pretty much got that right. There was no upsets. That really, there was almost upsets, but uh, no, no, no real upsets. As we lose Mike temporarily, apparently. But uh, the Swans and the Hawks, ODN, best sides of the year. Oh, undoubtedly the best sides of the year. Yeah, um, and, and um, but between the two of them, there's there's not a cigarette paper. I mean, in, in statistically. <laughs> The games between the two. Um, the the only difference is um, Hawthorne have been labouring under a, a probably a heavier workload and more injuries. Um, it, you know, later in the season. So, talking talking about um, how close they are statistically, I saw an interesting one um, this afternoon that the average age of the two sides heading into the grand final for Sydney it's twenty six point eight, and for Hawthorne it's twenty six point eight. And the average games played for Sydney are 137.3, and for Hawthorne it's 137.5. See, so mm. very, very similar experience. Right there is a man who did his research before he came onto the podcast. Look, you know, I try and do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Sydney and Hawthorne, two best sides of the year? Uh, by default, I think it was pretty much on the cards since the start of the year. Look, you know have to say Sydney have and, and <laughs> please don't take this wrong way uh, SM but Sydney have almost bought themselves another premiership this year but um, with the inclusion oh. of Tippett and Franklin yeah. no 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 yeah. look you know yeah, that, yeah, it, no, that's no, the way it's yeah. worked out that's the work yeah. and, and Sydney have worked that into the to their structure pretty well so you can't uh, yeah, you can't yeah. take no, any no. I think any club would do the same oh. in their situation so it's made what might have been you know maybe possible um, without them to probable with them. So, you know, I think it'll be a good game. Um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how both sides go. And, um, you know, I don't know. Sorry, sorry, Messenger, but I think uh, I think Sydney have Hawthorne covered. All right, Messenger. You don't have to, you don't have to apologise for being wrong, Mike. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to be wrong, that's right. All right, the, t- the teams are obviously out by now. And uh, Messenger, uh, Surioli has been recalled. Uh, Jonathan Segler is going to miss out. Big boy McAvoy is returning. And, uh, yeah, no uh, no return for Brad Sewell. So... No, I, I think that the, there was some talk if Jordan Lewis didn't get up that Sewell would play, which is... Uh, it's a shame because this is, this is the end of Brad Sewell at, you, at Hawthorne, you would have to think. Um, and he's been a, a terrific servant of the football club and uh, two times premiership player and... Uh, Really, top top line character around the club as well. Segler and McAvoy is an interesting one because really Segler has probably looked much better forward for much of the year. But there's always been talk on the Hawks board about horses for courses and and that Sydney being a much bigger body side than many of the other teams, particularly say Geelong with the Litsavs and and uh, and so on. That. Um, McAvoy was the better matchup for Sydney all along, so I'm not that surprised about it. And I think McAvoy's a bit of mark, better mark around the ground. And after what happened in the VFL final, how could they not pick Rioli? I mean, they basically sabotaged a, a tilted a VFL flag for the, an AFL one, and they couldn't leave him out then, could they? So mm. um, I'd, mm. I'd be <laughs> wondering if they use him as a sub. And uh, Bra- sorry, Brad Hill playing his fiftieth game. Matt Spanger also playing his fiftieth. Matt's playing oh. his fiftieth game after, but he's what his eighth season or his seventh <laughs> season or something. Isn't, uh, I love I love Jesus. He's fantastic. Isn't Hodge playing his two fiftieth or something? Uh, it's not according to the AFL. 
swore I heard that today. SM, the Swans, nah, no changes. Adam Good's playing yeah. his 350th though. Uh, 350th last week, actually. But um, You blame the AFL for this? I'm looking at the website right now. We, well, he ran out to the 350 banner last week against the Roos. Um, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> it was, it's, it's pretty much been a settled side all final series, really. I think we kind of struck on a winning formula when we went on our pretty, pretty long winning streak. And apart from the odd player that got rested along the way, it's been a pretty stable side all year. Mm. I can absolutely confirm that it is Luke Hodge's 250th in the grand final. Oh, there you go. It's even on the Hawthorne website. Oh, so that's a, that's, a, that's a good omen for the Hawks. Oh, absolutely. It, it, he's a, and he's a fine, fine finals footballer as well. Uh, the emergencies for this week. Tom Mitchell, uh, Jeremy oh. Laidler and Dean Towers. The closest Jeremy Laidler's got to a grand final in uh, ever. Probably. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit stiff, I think. It's Laidler, he looked pretty good early on in the year and played his role during the season, but yeah, just didn't make it up towards the end of the season. And uh, Segler, Simpkin and Sewell named two emergencies for uh, for the Hawks. Messenger? Yeah, interesting that um, Angus Litherland wasn't one of the emergencies. He's, he would be if they had issues with one of the, the sort of tallish guys that they have in the back line like um, Stratton or um, or um, Spanger that Litherland would be the sort of guy who can play tall but um, yeah Simkin it's interesting that Simkin hasn't he's been the sort of the super sub for most of the year and he's a he's a, a pretty nifty guy off the bench but obviously he's fallen away a little bit in the last few weeks it's an interesting father-son duel uh, going on in the middle uh, in, in the centre, well named in the centre, Josh Kennedy against Will Langford. Uh, both ah, yes. both uh, Hawks father sons. Well, we didn't actually get Langford through father son. We actually no, you did it deviously through the yes. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> oh, we found one this year. We found one. If we can say nothing about us about this season, we can say we found a couple of very good players going forward in Langford and Liverland and. Um, He's uh, going to um, do himself a, a, an injury the way he throws himself in the packs, but he's a fantastic player to watch. Mm. They interviewed him after the Port game. He's he's pretty laid-back sort of bloke. He doesn't seem to feel any nerves. He's taking it all in his stride. So, been at the football club yeah. for a very long time. For the number of games he's played, he was actually a uh, scholarship player, and he was a three-year rookie So before he got um, put on the senior list. So... He's been at Hawthorne for a long time, and he's obviously been there through his family connections as well. So, yeah, quite a quite a um, well-spoken it, young guy too. It always helps if your dad's on the AFL commission. Oh yeah, yeah. he rigs the umpiring for us as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, been a lot of talk about Sydney's forward line. I was getting, um, just getting to that. You are well. Get to it. <laughs> so here's, there's a number of big matchups that are going to happen forward for the Swans and the Hawks. Uh, you look at the lineups. You've got Goods. You've got Tippett, um, and obviously down back on them, you'll have Gibson. You'll have Lake. Uh, they've na- the side that's named has Stratton playing on Franklin. I mean, you know, yeah, Stratton will go to Franklin, and uh, Lake will go to Tippett. That's the, a, the question always is with Franklin is do you go for do you match him for speed or do you match him for for body strength and and, and I think going for Stratton means that they're matching him trying to match him for his around the ground mobility 
but but he won't. Stratton's not the guy that to stand next to him in the square and try and muscle him because Franklin's just far too strong for him. So they're obviously feeling that Tippett's. I mean, Tippett really can't do anything else other than stand in the square. Yeah. So, but if you look at the, if you like... look at the way they've been playing the structure through the finals to date, it has been you know Franklin playing up the ground between centre and half forward and and Tippett playing yeah. very very deep. So, you yeah. know, I think it'll suit them to to use Franklin further up the ground and and push pushing through the centre through we... the centre forward and providing you know the, the, those goals or kicks to Tippett or long kicks from outside the fifty. You look what he did against Fremantle, where he was he was well held early in the game, and then Longmire put him up on the wing, and he kicked two goals in about two minutes, and pretty much mm. won the game for us. Yeah. All right. So Messenger, why are Hawthorne going to win the grand final? Hawthorne, Hawthorne can win the grand final because the thing that's always exposed them has been pace in the midfield, and I don't think Sydney quite do that as well as, say, Geelong do and as quite as well as, as Fremantle or Port Adelaide do. And and I think that they're, 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 they, they will match up well enough in the midfield to give the Hawthorne forwards an opportunity to kick goals. The question will be, can the Hawthorne midfielders hold defensively? Because if they can't hold defensively, then there's going to be an avalanche. And you can't expect... You know, you can't ex- expect... Uh, with the ball coming through, that they're going to be able to guard those those big blokes down for. But Hawthorne can can do it in the midfield. They've done it before against Sydney. Um, the the go tall against Hawthorne things are um, a fairly stock standard uh, stock standard method of trying to beat Hawthorne. They've seen it before. They can counter it. Uh, um, they've got to beat Gunston. All this with they've still got to beat Roughhead. They've still got to beat Gunston. They're going to have. Rioli to deal with. Lewis is in, has been in great form all season. I think Hawthorne have certainly got the weapons to do it, and um, and I think they can. I think they will. All right, SM. Why will the Swans win the grand final? Um, I think Messenger makes a few good points, but I think um, the midfield battle, as he says, is going to be the key, really, because the Swans have actually. I think I saw the stat. They've conceded the lowest uh, score for the season since St Kilda in 2009, which um, bodes well. I think Hawthorne in our second matchup was the only team to kick over 100 points on us. Um, I think the defence as a unit is really strong, but I think it all starts in the midfield. And I think if it really does come down to whether our mids like Parker and Hanabry and Kennedy get on top, because I think Pike will probably lose the ruck duel. Um, but that remains to be seen. But he's, he's not had great form in the ruck in the last few weeks. But I, I would back Parker's coming into some brilliant form in the finals. Hanabry's really getting it together. And Kennedy's just kicking on as he always does. And you've got your leaders like McVeigh and Jack as well in there. Um, I'd back our midfield, which is looking like a very impressive unit at the moment, to get the ball in. And Franklin, his hands are looking great at the moment. Tippett's in probably his best form for the season. And when the two play, they kick something like seven goals between them on average. So um, I think they're going to be very, very hard to stop. And I, and I think, as Messenger said, I could see a bit of an avalanche coming if, if our midfield does get on top. And there were patches of it in the 2012 Grand Final, even where you see where the Swans were able to go down the middle and really cut Hawthorne apart. I think that's just going to be accentuated now if we've got these key forwards up there. All right. So off to our neutral guys. Uh, Mike and then ODM, what do you think... Uh, who do you think is going to win the grand final? All right, I'll start off. Look, I'm still I'm still thinking it will be Sydney, but um, it'll be a pretty close game. I think Sydney by about 12 to 15 points. However, if... 
they can shut if Hawthorne that is can shut down Franklin or if Stratton can shut down Franklin and, and Lake can do the job on Tippett and we see a good game from um, from Mr Hodge and uh, and Mitchell through the centre moving that ball and, and, and the big man himself Roughhead needs to have a good game and stamp his authority I think uh, I, I, you know I can't see why Hawthorne would lose I see the game is there for Sydney's to lose really it, it's yeah. Sydney's to lose the strange feeling. The strange feeling. Probably our first yeah. ever time going in its favourites. Yeah. Mm. Odium? Mm. Uh, I swim upstream a lot these days. Look, I'm in two minds. I, I've been a strong backer of the Swans in previous grand final campaigns, uh, including 2012. Um, I, I do feel a little for the Hawks losing Buddy last year. And like, you know, like, like many, I guess you, you do wonder how a strong Sydney team can afford to pull off some of the recruiting coups they do but that aside you know just looking through neutral eyes I, I think I'm just going to watch the game and just see if I start to lean one way or the other but I've just been on the boards today and I'm seeing it's so strongly Sydney and Hawthorne don't have a chance and I think Hawthorne have been a little bit disrespected on the boards at the moment and it's it's making me a little bit pumped for the, you know go for the underdog um, and because while I like the Swans, I'm not sure I want to see Buddy uh, holding up a Premiership uh, Cup against his old team, given the, given the situation last year. So, um, You'd only be the third player ever to do it, mind you, to um, win yeah. Premierships back-to-back with different clubs. Uh, I mean, that's a first, double burn. That losing, right? a gra- yeah, losing a grand yeah, final, but losing... Yeah, first 1925, I think. Yeah. Wow. Gee, that's a that's a double burn though, messenger. If you lose a grand final and have to endure, buddy, lucky you're over in Greece, mate. But I, I, you know what? It's 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 the advantage of being here is that I can I can turn it off if if it all goes to hell in a handbasket on on Saturday. But um, look, I mean, we're we're nearly twelve months from from buddy leaving, and and this would be a, a blow. And a, you know, a lot of Hawthorne supporters would be gutted. By that vision, should it occur, but yeah. uh, I'm probably a little more sanguine about, about it these days. I think um, uh, he's gone. He's been gone for a while. We've played him twice already, and uh, but, I think you just got to say, well, that's the way of the world, you know. I think you need to be. I think I think that's a good attitude, uh, messenger, because God damn it, Hawthorne supporters got to be the last ones to complain. I mean, you guys have had so much success in the last 50 years. The most successful team in how many bloody flags have you seen? You won a grand final yeah. last year, won one in 2008. And so, you know, if someone like Franklin leaves for another club, you know, okay, well, you've had your success. You've at least tasted a number of flags in your lifetime. So, yeah. It'll happen. It'll... I guess the other thing to say, too, is that if, if Hawthorne do win, and, and they are actually in the game, though apparently the media aren't reporting it that way, the, the, <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a group of guys there who, who could be three-time premiership players. Exactly. And, and that's, a, and that's a, a, hell of a, a hell of a thing, a legacy for that group of players to have. Guys like Mitchell, Hodge, Lewis, Birchall, uh, Roughhead, Rioli. Um, there's a, it's, a, it's a fair piece of history awaiting some of those guys if they can do it on Saturday. And, and, uh, and their legacy at the club will be, will be assured uh, without, a, without, a, without a shadow of a doubt. So, and there's obviously a group of guys at Sydney, perhaps a little smaller, that could be, I think uh, be a one, three times. One, one person. One person. Is it only there. Goods? Is Goods the only guy? Might, I'm just running through that in my head because I think Bolton retired last year, LRT and, and O'Keefe both retired this year. Yeah, wow. you're probably right. Yeah. So, so, just, so I guess so the, gap's a, the gap's a bit wider, is it? Because it's nine years yeah. between that. Oh, five. 
Yeah. 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 Right. Buddy, Buddy's been the most inaccurate against Hawthorne this year. He has. Yeah. <laughs> he has. He has. So, been a little he bit has. psychological. Uh, oh, definitely. I think I he's think. just been played well. And, and, and look, he has those days where, you know, you say, oh, he only kicked two. But you say, look, you know what? He kicked two goals seven and he gave away another three. That's the game he plays. Yeah. And, and some days it clicks for him and he kicks seven goals, one, and he's a hero. But he still has an effect whether he's hitting the scoreboard or not because you've got to watch him. You've got to man up. He's not a selfish player generally. He does give the ball away. And um, no matter what he's doing, he does impact the game whether he's kicking goals or not. And, and I think that's the thing that's probably overlooked with him a little bit uh, um, in terms of... I still think he's probably one of the best 10 players to ever play for Hawthorne. And that's saying something when you think of the guys who played for Hawthorne. Like he's, he is an exceptional, exceptional footballer. And we may not appreciate him right now, but we will in a few years. Right, I'm going to go for the uh, Swans to win this grand final. Um, as I always do whenever Messenger's involved. <laughs> uh, it went so uh, well for you last year too. <laughs> I, did, I probably did actually. But um, I, yeah, I think uh, Franklin's just going to steamroll whoever he's on. Going to rise to the occasion. The Swans going to win this by 10 goals. I, I like the sound of your, your jib. Going to go down with some cash on it tomorrow. Lance Franklin to win the Norm Smith. Kick 10 goals. And... Me to gleefully ring Messenger every day until he gets back. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you are an utter bastard. Speaking of Norm Smith medalists, who is going to win the Norm Smith medal, guys? Jeez. Oh, yeah. Throw a dart. Oh. Throw a dart. Oh. I reckon, I reckon, Grant Birchall. Hmm. Hmm? Hmm? It always seems to be a backman when Hawthorne wins a flag. Yeah. I can... I was I was going with the same line of thinking. I was thinking Burgoyne, but that's you know that's just the opposite side, isn't it? Um, so, yeah. I like, I'm thinking know. Luke Parker. I'm thinking I think Luke Parker's had a fantastic final series and a fantastic year, and I think he might cap it off with a Norm Smith just to, as a final up yours to the All Australian panel. He, he, he probably doesn't. He probably. Do, I mean, he's, he's he's in red hot form, so everything he touches turns to gold, and and he probably doesn't have to do as much to be noticed because of the form he's in, if you know what I mean. So he, he only needs to snap a couple of those yeah. you know, team-lifting goals and stuff for people to really take notice and get those votes. So it's not a bad call either. Mm. I re- I'm going to go for the Australian of the Year to win the Norm Smith medal. Oh, Good. Just, I, I, I think they'll look for him. I think that's oh, how, God, I think, I think I think that's how he's going to... I don't think... Not that oh, he's when, gonna, when is his reign over, by the way? Not that he's going to deserve his... it, but I think that he's going to win it anyway. But I wouldn't be surprised if Roughhead was a shot to win the win the Norm Smith. I think... Uh, oh, I don't... He doesn't have a history of winning those sort of things. You don't really, have to have a history individual. of winning it, though. But he can yeah. be he can be the difference maker. I think I think the real key is Roughhead because it doesn't usually do a lot in grand finals. Am I right? Is that um, something? Uh, that, that would be. Reading? He's played second fiddle to Franklin in every other game last final. week. Yeah, but I'm talking about Grant. I'm talking about Grant. Yeah, I know. So, I don't know that. But um, I mean, if Roughhead stands up, I, I, look, I think I think Hawthorne's forward lines. Probably more diverse than Sydney's, and uh, even though it Sydney's is. got the big names, and uh, I think the defences are very even, evenly matched. So, 
Um, I mean, the Swans have got it all over Hawthorne in the midfield. Sorry, sorry, mess. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. But look, you got, you still, they still got to stop Bruce. They got to stop Gunston. They got to stop Rioli. They got to stop Roughhead. Um, there's, there's a bit to do. There's a bit to do down there. And Hale. Yeah. Uh, Oh, look, for example, mate, I mean, if you look at just pure midfielders, so I'm not talking goal-kicking mid- forward midfielders and stuff, but pure midfielders, mm. even on the AFL rankings, you'll find something like uh, eight of the top nine uh, in the players, midfielders between these two teams are Sydney players uh, in the AFL rankings. So over the course of the year, Sydney midfielders have definitely outshone the um, Hawthorne midfielders. Don't, so, don't match my blind optimism with statistics. <laughs> don't, don't you try hey, bloody hey, logic mate, on me, mate, buddy. Key, key, defenders, key defenders, Hawthorne have got it all over Sydney this year in, in the I rankings. I don't know. So. Haven't, you, haven't you heard in the media Hawthorne have a terrible back line? Haven't you heard? Gibson, number one this year. Oh, uh, no, no, terrible. Richard, seven. Grundy, 16. Lake, 17. Stratton, 20. So... Yeah. Yeah, not bad. No, but mind you, mind you, they 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 class Gunston as a as a small medium forward, and um, I'd say well, he's sort of like is, isn't he? He's sort of a medium. One ninety three though. He, he does play a little bit. He play, yeah, he probably doesn't feel like he's that big, does he? he doesn't really. Yeah, but he's quite slight. So. No, no, yeah. no, no razor ray in the umpiring panel. Ah, uh, who have we got? Matthew, Some Matthew loving sheep. Who? Stevich? Stevich, Nichols, Nichols, and Meredith. Meredith. That's all right. Yeah, none of your favourites. Chelsea Roffey doing the goal umpiring. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) There are other goal umpires as well, but uh, I just thought... (laughs) Yeah, no, Chelsea's actually an unemergency uh, goal umpire, so... Walker and Appleton. There we go. Yeah, Walker and Appleton. So, um, yeah... Time to, time to wrap they, up, or yes? Are they showing it in HD, or are they showing no. it on Channel 7? No, nope. it's 7. This, what a disgrace. What a disgrace. I, they can't even show a major sporting event in HD. They get stuff, Channel I, 7. I think we trade better coverage for the HD, though. That's that's what I think it... Uh... No, we don't get better coverage, though. We get we, Instead of having five talking idiots, we get seven or eight. Yes, I'm not talking about Just... the actual... Uh, quality of the coverage we're talking about the quantity of the coverage yeah so give me quality any day I would rather they turn the thing on yes. as we're, the players run through the banner I don't care about we're not all else. millionaires oh, who could no. afford Foxtel and trips to Greece oh, let's go to the war room and see what they think I, I work for this you know I work hard for this did you now <laughs> Uh, just a few housekeeping things. Uh, yeah, the Big Footy Forum is currently running a logo upgrade competition. Uh, there's a thread on the main boards at the moment. Uh, you can win stuff, apparently. I don't know what you can win, but Chief has a thread there for that. Um, uh, two years worth of platinum membership, I think it is. Oh, there you go. Wasn't, wasn't Chief threatening to join us today? He was. He, he was going to if you weren't available. Oh, right. <laughs> Aren't you glad I joined? <laughs> Didn't want to be seen, seen in the same room as you. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Yeah, I understand. Uh, there's a photo uh, Photoshop challenge uh, thread in there as well. Um, there's, for some reason, a congratulations Matt Prittis thread. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's uh, there. <laughs> um, uh, good on him. Good on him. Uh, Put on him. Yeah, well, he didn't have any t- to take photos of him, did he? 
Oh, no, look, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a testament to hard work, isn't it? He you know, let a few well, of his stats and he did all right, to be honest. He led a few of the stats in the competition, I think. I think, I think most certain tackles and that sort of thing. Most disposals? Yeah, something like most that. Most disposals in yeah, one yeah, of the worst look. midfields in the AFL. Most disposals, lowest efficiency? I don't know. It was something like that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, the grand final entertainment guys, Tom Jones, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, oh, I like kind of that. Yeah, where? He's no mate life. Boris with all the jokes. Well, how, how was the music at the Brownlow? Did, did you... What what happened? I don't know who the band was at the. I can't remember who the band was at the start, but uh, they were awful. They they pretty much meatloaf that in. And it was it was some eighties like band as well. I can't, can't remember who it was. But when when Mike Fitzpatrick came out. They played some really like eerie, creepy music behind it. <laughs> Frankenstein, it was, I don't know. <laughs> it was awful. Whatever it was, it was like the, it was it was, all, it was like Imperial March. It, it, you could have played the Imperial March behind him, and it would have been less threatening. Like, <laughs> 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 I just thought it was hilarious. Um, ODN, anything from your board you want to bring up before we? Uh... No, it's all, it's all it's all trade talk now. So I yeah. mean, obviously, our season's been over for a long time. So you know, just uh, you know, your free agencies and your and your trade talk, which is all the rage. Sort of, uh, Jared Waits looks like he's completely out the door at Carlton. So that's a bit of a uh, oh, I don't is, know, it's like a shame or a celebration. The, I'm he, not sure, man. Is he going to the Bulldogs, Mike? No, 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 no. Piss Everybody's off. going so to much. North Melbourne. They're all going he's to North so Melbourne. Much. North Melbourne are having a final. Tilted a flag. Apparently, North Melbourne are going to stock up on everyone's rejects this year. Uh, Mike, anything from so your much board? potential at 32, Jared White. <laughs> so much potential. Got a hell of a well, leap on it. Spe- well, speaking of moves, um, Higgins has announced to his teammates that he won't be uh, there next year, so he's going to be on the move, probably to North yep. Melbourne. Yeah, he's that's, going to North Melbourne because that's, that's the current. Yep. We've uh, we've also delisted uh, Goods, Brett Goods, Adam Goods' brother, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, look, Goods, he's he, Goods. I give him credit. He tried. He was he played 13 games last year. He only managed a few this year. Uh, a good VFL player, um, and that's probably where it ends. Tom Young has been uh, delisted, and uh, Christian Howard, who uh, we took in front of uh, some other player that I can't remember his name. That's actually turned out to be a decent player. Um, but other than that, on the Bulldogs board, it's all about um, sacking Brendan McCartney and who we're going to trade um, in the Essendon fallout for, or who we're going to poach from Essendon in the uh, fallout for. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and Liam Jones going on the go- on the move? Don't know. Look, um, oh, you know, it's his big media beat up things. There was a big media beat up of how Minson apparently stormed out of his player. Uh, player review session and uh, when the truth came out it was actually walked out with uh, McCartney next to him so um, Jones I'm not sure I think it's just a discussion over money with Liam Jones he's he, he's one of those players who he has the ability he can play I think it's psychological with him um, so I think we'll just I have to wait I don't and see think what Liam Jones could uh, I don't think there should Liam Jones should get too greedy do you? No, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he should get too greedy. I think where he's at, you know, he's he's had a rough year this year um, and pretty much for, for his own doing, really. He, he struggled this year and he needs to uh, he needs to step up and uh, shake cobwebs out of his head and believe he can play footy. All right, SM, mm. what's going on on the Swans board, Matt? Uh, Mike Pike's just signed a new two-year deal, which is good to see. I think... There was a bit of a hold-up with that as um, they had to recalculate a few things with Cola winding down. But um, 
good to see him sign on for another couple of years. But apart from that, everything's kind of smooth sailing, I think. Can't, can't think of too much else. I mean, everyone's sort of preparing for the grand final. I'd ask you, Messenger, but uh, you're in Greece, so you've probably got no idea. I log in occasionally. Yeah, what's, it, go, what's going on in the Hawthorne board? I, I haven't joined... I haven't joined in, but we're all doing... The, it's the Grand Final Avatar Week. We all get all our Hawthorne Grand Final Avatars on, except me, because I can't, but all my avatars are at home. But um, have a look. All the Haw- a lot of the Hawks posters are doing their avatars. And there'll be probably some... Next week, there'll be some uh, goodbyes and farewells, and Brad Sewell will be primary amongst those, I would imagine. And um, I, I, the other one I hear now and then is if we do win, you, maybe David Hale as well. But I don't know. Don't know. All righty. That's pure speculation on my part. Pure speculation. But um, Hawthorne will be, as usual, uh, fairly uh, aggressive in the uh, trade and free agency period. You think Lake's going to play on? Uh, I think they will give him another year. I don't think Frawley's coming to Hawthorne, um, but I think I, I think Lake will have at least uh, he'll have another one. It sounds like Frawley will be going to the Cats. I know Hawthorne have spoken to Frawley, but I don't know how far along they are. But mm-hmm. um, there's all sorts of people wandering up, all sorts of amazing trade scenarios in which Patrick Dangerfield comes to Hawthorne. And um, they're, uh, it's all, uh, I'll swap you my Hyundai for a BMW type <laughs> deal. So, <yeah. laughs> All right, before we go, uh, Roy Morgan Research brought out some findings during the week where they ran a survey of AFL supporters and what they drank. Uh, AFL supporters were more likely than the average Australian adult to have drunk alcohol in the last four, well, in an average four-week period. <laughs> so, uh, big yes. research being done there. Distinguishing themselves as the AFL's most avid rum and beer drinkers were supporters of the Brisbane Lions. I tried uh, to do my bit for the Sydney Swans, but yeah, really didn't drink um, enough. The Swans and are pretty... Essendon supporters drink their own bathwater. Yeah. Oh. Port supporters more likely to drink whiskey. Uh, Sydney Swans people drinking gin and liqueurs, apparently. Uh, Roos supporters drinking bourbon. Essendon supporters uh, on UDLs and things like that. And, uh, I'm not making this up. This is what's actually there. Adelaide Crows are into the cider. Melbourne Demons into the uh, wine. Uh, sparkling wines, things like that. And the, bull, the Bulldogs apparently into the vodka, Mike. <laughs> that's about bloody right. <laughs> anyway, that's good night from us here on the Big Footy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Good night, Messenger. Thanks for coming in from Greece. No trouble at all. I'll go, my boys. I'll be uh, pensively checking the score when I get off my rickety bus <laughs> on, uh, on lunchtime on Saturday. Uh, With one eye closed. <laughs> thank yes. you, uh, SM, for coming back on. No worries. Thanks very much. I have a nice barbecue at my place on the Saturday. Um, hopefully not not too tipsy at the end of the game. I can actually take in the nice win. Uh, two and three years will be a nice feeling. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> ODN, thanks for coming in for your annual appearance. That's right. I'll uh, see you same time next year. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, thanks for your company over the year. Oh, you're welcome, guys. It's been a uh, pleasure, and I think I'll be finding something to do out in the backyard on the weekend. Gardening, something like that. Yeah, that'll do. (laughs) Off to Bunnings. Thanks, Messenger, as well, for your uh, company over the year, mate. No worries. It's been a pleasure. And uh, may the best team win, which will be Sydney, and... Which will be Hawthorne. uh, May the best buddy, Franklin, win the Norm Smith. 
and uh, <laughs> break break Fed Fanning's record for Golden yeah. King. And is there any any truth to the rumor that um, Angry Anderson will bring the Batmobile out <laughs> on to sing Bound for Glory? Honestly, that's that's the what I want to see. I want to see that come back. That's I, I, it's it's practically a poem. That I mean, song. who sang the it's, national it's wonderful. anthem? Uh, who sang the national anthem that year? Uh, In no, I don't remember. Oh. I don't remember. It was twenty three years ago. We, uh, Olivia, <laughs> who sang the national anthem last John year? John Farnham was it? Olivia oh. Newton John singing it this year, and who? Yeah, it, it, well, didn't she last sing it in nineteen eighty seven? Yeah, yeah. She that said, might she, be a bad omen there. She sang it eighties. Who? Who? Oh, don't. <laughs> who was, was it? Daryl Braithwaite that was great. No, that was ninety five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think who the I'm trying to think who the grand final entertainment was for not eighty seven. Was pro- probably the Seekers or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're, not a, They're no, still touring, well, aren't they? It certainly had to be Mike Brady, didn't it? <laughs> oh, this, Poor I Mike Brady. I honestly don't know. Anyway, we'll see you all on the forums. Have a good weekend. Come on, Melbourne, sing with me. You know I learned my lessons As the pain made me strong And I know that life's worth living So I know what's right I know what's wrong Bound for glory Sing it now